Brandon Brands. Hey, this is Mike Kim from the Brand You Podcast. And if you want to build a brand that matters, you should be listening to Brands on Brands on Brands with my good friend, Brandon Berkmeyer. In a world where advertising is ignored, business is exposed, and the only constant is change. How do you build a brand that matters? Welcome to Brands on Brands on Brands, a home for those who think different and push their boundaries. This is where branding that matters lives. Now, here's your host, Brandon Berkmeyer. Hey everyone, today's guest, Mike Kim, I'm excited to bring to you today. He has the knowledge you need to build your personal brand. Uh, this guy's out there recording podcasts every week. If you want to listen to it, it's called Brand You. And he shares his knowledge of how to build a personal brand, his strategies, his steps. He's also a blogger. He's a speaker at conferences on this topic. And he coaches people on how to do this kind of stuff. And not just to everyone, but also like especially those people who are out there whose reputations matter. If you're speaking and you need to have that reputation out there in front of you so you can get those gigs. He coaches those kinds of people. But it's not just for those for for speakers, it's for everyone. Everyone can benefit from a, a personal brand. And we talk about why that is true. Uh, especially for any entrepreneurs out there, you might think this isn't for you. This is definitely for you. Check out why uh, in today's episode and you'll hear some of the stories, some of the benefits, some of the values. And also some tips for how to get started and things to think about. Give me a lot to think about today. I hope that you guys feel the same way. We also dive a little bit into some other personal questions and perspective. And just, I feel like we got a lot out of today's talk. So I hope you guys appreciate it. Check it out. Brandon Brand. All right, let's get going. Today, I want to let everyone get to know our new friend, Mike Kim. Mike, you, Mike, thanks so much for coming on the show today. I'm really excited to have you on. So thanks first and foremost. Oh, absolutely. It's an honor to be here and honor to be with you guys who are tuning in. Um, hopefully, I find a way to add some value to you guys today. <laughs> uh, I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. I mean, the you know, I'm hoping that who is listening is mostly marketers and entrepreneurs. And I think where you come from and the things that you've talked, you've done, and I've heard you talk about in terms of branding and personal branding, uh, I'm sure they'll find value. It's such a hot topic these days. So thanks again. But I want to jump right into it. So you know, I came across you through a, merch, a mutual friend of ours, uh, Lauren Davis. We're in a mastermind together and she's worked with you. And she knew I'm always looking for great marketing minds. And you do a lot of work around personal branding, as I just mentioned. And actually, you have a podcast ranked number one on iTunes for personal branding called Brand You. Yep, Brand You. Yep. You know, I know that's a lot of content to put together. Uh, you're also a speaker on that topic. You help others speak with their personal brands. You kind of come full circle. You, you're doing like you're coaching on the thing that you're teaching and you're doing the thing like you're helping people be speakers, but you're also a speaker. It's very full circle. It's a huge topic right now. So I'd love to start with what you see as kind of the, what's the value in developing this personal brand? Yeah, the value of building a personal brand is that you have control. I got into the personal branding space, uh, particularly niching down into that space. I had a marketing background as the CMO of this company, a multi-million dollar company in the New York City area. And dude, I just, I knew I did not want to be in an office. I, I had made more money than I ever did in my, in my life at that point. And you know, it was a really cush job and everything. And I just was not happy. It was kind of like the more money I made and the more influence they gave me, the less happy I was. I wanted an outlet. And so back in like 2013, I just started blogging and nobody read my blog except for my mom, you know? And I was like, if I'm going to do this, I might as well learn how to do this well. And I just did a few Google searches, found a few people to follow, implemented what um, they taught. Then I was like, wait a second these people are making money just teaching marketing and they're not even real marketers. Like I'm a real marketer, right? So then I just, I started down the road of becoming a content creator. And as I did that, I really realized that even though some of the things that I was teaching might have been taught by other people, that certain people were gravitating towards me rather than others just because they liked me. And that's really the essence of a personal brand. It's, it's not just, I, I joke with people that, 
I get paid to have an interesting life. And that's, I mean, when we look at people on Instagram or whatever, you name it, it's easy to joke about that stuff. But at the end of the day, there are three reasons that people tune into that kind of content, right? This is this podcast, a blog, an Instagram channel, whatever it is, YouTube. Um, They tune in because they want to be educated, they want to be inspired, or they want to be entertained. And if you can do one of those three things really well and do it just a little bit of the other two, you've got a business. I mean, you've got a brand, you've got a following, you've got a business if you learn how to monetize it. Social media is only just going to become more prevalent and the workplace is only going to become more decentralized. I mean, how many co-working spaces do, do you work out of, right? <laughs> it's like from home, um, yeah, everything's being decentralized. And so I really feel that in the next five to 10 years, like you're really going to see this become normal, if you will, personal brands. Yeah, well, I, I definitely could see that. And I also think that there's there's something there about, you know, a person's reputation, what defines that has changed, right? The, the landscape it used to be that you do a good job and you have a, a solid resume and you were set, you know, you went to a college, but there seems to be this, this bit of commoditization that you have to do a little bit more to stand out these days. You seem to have figured that out and it's a little meta because you're teaching this thing as well as doing it. Um, but for the entrepreneurs out there that are thinking like, is this relevant for me? You know, what's the value in it for me? I have a business. Uh, why do I need to build a personal brand? What, what do you say to those people? Ultimately, people do business with people, right? So even if you have a brand, a well-known brand, unless you become this global Fortune 50 company, right, with thousands of employees, you know, around the world, up to a certain point, people are still doing business with you as a person, I don't know these guys that well, but I use their products. So let me just give you an example. Uh, Kajabi, they're like an online course thing, um, portal. And I've been using them for about three, four years. And I like their product. And I, you know, I, I never really paid attention to the founders. I just kind of saw them on videos. And one of the guys is now out of the company, right? And I don't think it was a really easy transition. I don't think it's a really good transition, right? Sometimes business doesn't work out that way. But I've been paying attention to him now and he's trying to build this personal brand now because he's no longer with that software company and you know, maybe at a buyout or whatever. That doesn't really matter. The point is that now he's trying to build this personal brand saying, I'm the co-founder of Kajabi. And I'm like, man, you should have done that from day one. If you did that from day one, like there would not be any kind of issue. Like, and, and I look on the flip side, a guy who has done this really well, I use his product as well as Nathan Barry from ConvertKit. And ConvertKit is an email service provider. I was with them from the very, very beginning. Uh, I met Nathan at Social Media Marketing World a couple of years ago. I was surprised at how young he was. Right? I was like, oh my gosh, this is like a, it's like a kid cousin or something. But the dude just knew what he was doing. But he built a personal brand around that company. And he was the face of that company in the early startup. Um, he would answer your tweets. He would, And so now the ConvertKit has grown to multi-millions of dollars and uh, really, really successful. And yet Nathan still has his own blog, still has, I follow his stuff. Even up till that point, I still view him as a person that I'm doing business with in that regard. So um, it will never hurt you to have a personal brand. That's the bottom line. It'll never hurt you. And if you're using social media, you already, you've already kind of got one to begin with. Well, what's funny is I think there's also a, like a, an unspoken advantage, which is if you can get started, like the younger you can get started, building your personal brands. I'll talk to like a like to college kids. And you know, what I say to them is, you know, there's aside from that, you're stepping out from, you know, not just having a resume from like telling, you know, to putting stuff out there that shows who you are, what you do. You're learning how to find your voice. And if you've never done that, uh, it's an, a tremendous skill to figure out uh, whether you're in corporate or you're an entrepreneur or whatever, figuring out your point of view on something, your perspective can start to happen because you've, you're taking these steps to to write, to record, to do things that that talk about who you like, how you think about things, and that all contributes to this idea. I mean, personal brands a buzzword, right? But but really, it's you. It's it's you putting yourself out there to the world to 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 find. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, when we talk about personal brands, like people just think it's some ethereal thing, like it's something vague and there's some X factor that all these people have. And I'm like, no, it's, you're just marketing people. People have been marketing people for centuries, politicians, athletes, entertainers. These are brands. We market those people. I mean, some of these names, they carry with them this incredible weight, whether you like them or not, right? Ellen, Oprah, Trump, 
I mean, right? Like these are, these are personal brands. And for many of the brands that we know today, especially in the arts and creativity, the fashion brands I think of, those are all named after their initial designers, Coco Chanel, right? And so you see this and, and so people think about, well, well, Mike Brandon, you guys talk about brands. How do I build a personal brand? You build it like any other brand. There are three identities, right? And I, I tell people these are like legs on a tripod. All three are important. If they're not there, the thing's going to tip over, right? And they don't go in any particular order because they're all equally important. And that's, they all start with a V. I'm, I'm like an alliteration guy. And there's a verbal identity to your brand. That's how you talk. There's a visual identity, which is how you look. And there's a value identity, which is your positioning in the market. And when people ask me about positioning, what does positioning mean? I just say positioning is where you sit in the market relative to your competition. So imagine with me for a second, like this really gorgeous Louis Vuitton, you know, $7,000 handbag. And, you know, you got this epic photo with this handbag in the African safari sunlight coming down, beautiful photo. And then, you know, the text reads, price matching, coupons accepted, and low prices every day. Like there's a misalignment there, right? Because we know that Louis Vuitton is a high-end brand. Those words are something you would expect from a Walmart ad. And so when someone sees that it's misaligned, you feel like something's off about this. Now, Walmart makes probably more money than Louis Vuitton does as a company, but they're very different in terms of value very different positioning. So you can either be Louis Vuitton or you can be Walmart and there's no wrong way to do it. Both companies make a lot of money. There's no wrong way, but you, once you know, you've got to stick to that lane. I see these folks and they, they get online in the personal brand space and I don't pull punches. I'm, I'm originally from the, the New York area, so I don't pull punches. Like They're, they're like, well, I want to open up a $5,000 coaching program. I'm like, man, get real. You walking around, like your website looks like it was designed on Wix by somebody who's half colorblind and you are, you're sporting like a $5 haircut and you're wearing clothes from Walmart. Like there is a misalignment and not slammy people who dress like that. I'm just saying you want to charge somebody $5,000. Like, look, there's got to be some sort of alignment between how you talk, how you look and what your value is in the marketplace. And so when I look at a personal brand, those are really the three starting points. I just talk about, Hey, what's your verbal identity? How do you want to talk? We never see Apple put out ads that say, yo, try our latest, you know, freaking awesome MacBook. They don't talk like that. It's off brand. So verbal visual value, um, just start there and then you start to build out your brand. Now, and there's a, there's a lot there. I think something that I'm, I'm curious about is, do you get pushback? So like in your coaching, are there, are there some barriers for people to get comfortable with this or just in actually figuring out their personal brand, are there some challenges that you commonly run across? Yeah, most of it's belief. Most of it's belief. They don't really see themselves in that light. They struggle to either price themselves, they struggle to market themselves. And when I look at somebody, I never look at what they don't have. Right? I never. I always look at what they do have. Right. So um, a story I often tell is, I had a client a few years ago in one of my coaching programs, and um, Real, real great guy, real smart guy. And you and I both know, and anyone who's in marketing listening to us right now know that marketing is politically incorrect. Like there's a lot of stuff there that happens behind closed doors that is not politically correct. And so when I work with people in these kinds of situations, especially as a personal brand, you know, I, I sat down with this fellow and he was in his mid fifties, not a particularly attractive guy. And had a name that, dude, if I gave you 10 tries, you would not be able to spell his name, right? He was not, he did not have a simple name like Mike Kim. He, he had a, he had a foreign name. He was out from the Middle East. You could not spell this guy's name. And I asked him what he wanted to do with his personal brand. He said, I want to be like those online gurus out there. I'm like, like name a few for me. So it's like Pat Flynn and John Lee Dumas. And these guys are friends of mine. And I'm like, okay, all right. Now, let's, you know I love you. Let's have a real conversation right now. These guys are in their early 30s. They're in shape. They're handsome guys. They're very charismatic. They, they've got a lot of, like, they've just got a lot of energy around them. Um, they're younger guys, right? And so, um, in, in, you're an older guy. You don't look like them. You don't talk like them. And you've got a name that nobody can pronounce, 
right? But you are an older guy. And here's why I pivoted everything. I was like, but you are an older guy and you are brilliant. And you did work at this, you know, it was this huge cell phone company. And he helped build one of their cell phone towers early on. I mean, he was an engineer. He was super smart and he loved productivity. He loved apps and he loved um, streamlining communication, like the scrum method and all that sort of stuff. I mean, he nerded out on this stuff. I'm like, dude, all you have to do is, is start a productivity blog in a podcast and talk about your favorite apps. People are going to listen to you because of your ethnicity. And I can say this because I'm an Asian guy. Like <laughs> people, I, I was joking with him, but I was, I was like, it's a stereotype and it's true. Like people think I'm smart because I'm Asian. They're, gonna, they're just, they're just going to assume it. It's a stereotype that we see. Every, this, stereotypes are stereotypes for a reason. And rather than kind of buck against the trend, use what you can to your advantage. Now change the trend, change the landscape. I'm all for that. But initially when you're starting out, like we got to be really real about what you have. And so this guy took my advice and he really ran with it and he, he succeeded. And there, that was a situation where like he just needed somebody to tell him the truth. And then there have been other situations where like, you know, I've seen somebody and they'll sign up for a call. And you know, this is another story once. And I, I signed up uh, this one hour consulting call. Somebody booked me for and didn't know who this person was. Couldn't find any pictures of her online. You know, looked at her social media, no pictures, right? Shows up on the call. I mean, this gorgeous lady. Like all this, all this charm, charisma, energy. I'm like, uh, so what's so hard about marketing yourself? She's like, well, I don't really know what to do. And I want to be this life coach and I want to inspire people. I'm like, okay, don't, please don't take this the wrong way. I'm not trying to hit on you. But you just need to put like seven pictures of yourself on your homepage and pick some really visual mediums because you're really brilliant and you're easy on the eyes, right? And so just use what you have right? Don't, well, I don't want to do that. And like, I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is common sense, but people don't see that. And so when I talk about the verbal, the visual, the value identity, those three things like boom, right there, I'm, I'm putting them into those frameworks and helping them identify what is marketable about them. Is it for everyone? I mean, is, are there certain types of people that it's better for than others? It depends. You just got to use what you've been given. You know, these are two very, very different examples, right? But the point is that I'm able to, I'm, I'm, I was able to, with both of them, I was able to, to figure out what we could magnify about their personality, their expertise, their journey, and make that the marketable aspect of who they are. It kind of reminds me of WWE, right? Professional wrestling, WWF when I was a kid, it was called... Hulk Hogan, The Rock, Stone Cold, Steve Austin. And I think that those guys, Vince McMahon and those guys, I don't watch wrestling anymore. It's not as good as it was when I was a kid. But I think that guy is one of the greatest storytellers of our generation. When an aspiring wrestler would come into this guy's office, I've read all this stuff. I mean, it's, to me, it was fascinating. He would sit them down and talk to them. Where are you from? What did you do? What was your family like? Name some jobs that you've had name something you like to do for fun, just trying to get a little bit of this person's personality and what makes them tick. And he'd find something, Brandon, and he would magnify that one thing by like a thousand. And that would become his character. So, oh, this, this big dude used to work in Macon, Georgia as a security guard in a penitentiary and he looks real big tough. Oh, you're the big boss man. And your motif is going to be, you're going to be this like real brutal cop you know, a bad guy, lay down the law kind of thing. And you just see that over and over again. And that's really what this space is like. I know that sounds a little bit exaggerated, but the principle is the same, right? The principle is the same. So yeah, I think it is for everybody. Now is entrepreneurship for everybody? No, but can you build a personal brand by sharing your likes and, and sharing your desires and your experiences and be, again, those three things, educational, inspirational, or entertaining on Instagram or on Facebook? Yeah, absolutely. On Twitter? Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned a little bit about jobs and how people are recruiting people these days. One of my best friends works as a recruiter for Whole Foods. And he's like, man, if, I, if we have some applicants and we're thinking about hiring them, I'm telling you, the first thing we do is we go online and we Google. We look at their social media channels. Like that is their new resume. And there you go. Like they might not all be entrepreneurs, but there is a personal brand to them. Now, if you want to talk about building a personal brand business, that's another animal. And that's primarily what I do. 
and that speaks to me because you know, 18 months ago, I was in corporate and was was at ad agencies doing corporate work for 17 years straight. And I, I think I can relate to the person who's like, no, I have my my career, I have my line of work. Maybe I don't need this thing because I thought like that. I was one of the, you know, that's how my mindset was. And you know what though, when I started to get older, and you know, the positions at higher levels are farther and further between. I realized, you know, I started to see my mentors, my the people I looked up to that coached me, uh, that were five, ten years ahead of me, uh, having harder and harder times finding jobs or being, you know, after they lose a job, they were having trouble finding new ones. And I think it has to do with relevance. I think if you don't have a brand that's beyond your resume and you haven't put anything out there that defines you outside of a business, then there's no reason for them to, that they can't just replace you with someone else. You know, you have to be irreplaceable. And I think that relevance can be established through the things that you do that, that build a personal brand, the things that are, that put your voice out there. That's your opinion, your work, your, the things you stand for. And, and I do think that, you know, having ventured down that road in 18 months ago, you'd have found zero on me. And now it's, it's everything. It's blogs, it's video, it's podcasts. It's, but I was very conscious that I was making that decision. And it wasn't because I wanted to become a speaker. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just didn't want to be irrelevant. So I hope that people out there can relate, especially if you're in the corporate world. Don't wait till it's the last second, you know, like start now for sure. Yeah. By the time opportunity knocks, it's too late to prepare, you know, and you know, you got to dig the wells before you need the water. Right. And, and that's what I did when I was in my corporate job. I started that job 2013. I worked there for about two years the company six axed in profits because we did a really bang up job in the marketing. But I was like, I, I don't want to spend the next 10 years of my life here. I don't want to spend the next 15 years of my life here. People nipping at, at, you know, my back trying to take my position, whatever, you know, like always fighting with the CFO for more money, you know, for the budgets or whatever. And, um, you know, the best thing I did was just pick one channel and get real comfortable and have fun with it. You know, one of the things that I always say to people is this, that, Marketing isn't about closing a sale. It's about opening a relationship. And if you do the work of sharing your thoughts, you allow people to open a relationship with you before you even meet them, right? This podcast is a great example. Like people could be literally listening to you for hours on end on this show before they even meet you and they've built a relationship with you. The only way that's going to happen is if you take the initiative and actually create the content. When it comes to personal brand, content marketing is so important because in many personal brands, you, fi- you find people who want to be coaches, you, want to, you find people who want to be speakers or consultants or quote unquote influencers. And I just tell them, you're basically a thought leader. If you're an author, a speaker, a coach, consultant, you're basically a thought leader. People are literally paying you for what's inside your head. But last time I checked, people can't read what's inside your head. They're not mind readers. So you have to do the hard work of pulling what's inside your head out, putting it on a channel that makes it easy for people to consume and building relationship with them. That is marketing. It's not about closing a sale. It's about opening a relationship. And so when I started, I I just focused on one thing. In 2013, that was the year of the blog, right? It was like like those Chinese Zodiac (laughs) things, like the year of the chicken, the year of the pig. 2013 was the year of the blog, hell or high water. There was going to be a blog post that came out every single Monday. I don't care if no one reads it because I realized I had to develop. It wasn't about my audience. It was about me developing a skill and the discipline to continually share thoughts. And I started to see ideas for content everywhere. See someone give an attitude to um, a barista at Starbucks. Boom idea. See how that Starbucks barista handles it with class and with dignity and with grace, boom, another idea on marketing and branding, right? And, and, and I, I started to train myself about 2014, year of the podcast. And I added the podcast, but I didn't stop blogging because I'd done it for a year and I was used to it. And every year that went on, I added one critical thing that leveled up my personal brand business. 2015 was the year of the, um, the, year of the mastermind groups. And I started launching mastermind groups and it changed my economics totally. You know, in an hour and a half a week, I was making uh, more money than I did with the biggest contracts that I was landing or even at my day job, right? I was like, because of the income scaled, but I was able to do that because I had two years worth of content marketing by that point. And on and on it went. 2016, year of the product launch. 2017, the year of the live events. 
And 2018 last year was the year of the book and speaking engagements. And that's what I'm doing this year too. So like just added one critical thing along the way. And like, as, as you launched this show and you started putting yourself out there, like, you know, you, you start to see people are building a relationship with you and that's all marketing is. Yeah. Well, I'd love to hear a little bit more about that background story that we've talked, we've, we've heard a little bit about. I wanted to get some of this out there because I think people need to know why it's important and why you're on the show, but I would love to hear a little bit about young Mike Kim and kind of, you know, where he was before he became the marketer and the brander. Uh, you know, what were you doing? Um, so this is a, this is kind of a crazy story. Like, um, when I was in my twenties, I was really, uh, I, I grew up in like a kind of religious family. Right. And so we were really, really involved and I'm, you know, it's whatever, all the power to you, whatever you believe. I'm, I'm, I just want to love everybody and help everybody. Right. I'm one of these guys. And, um, so as a result of that, I was really involved in the church that my mom took us to. And I was really involved in music. So I came from that kind of background, I had a musical background, um, started writing songs, could play guitar, could play piano, could sing a little bit, hold a tune. These days I just use it for karaoke after I've had a few you know, cocktails and a little loosened up. Right. Same. And, <laughs> and so I was in that world for quite a while. And, um, then I eventually I got hired at this, um, really big church in new England. It was a Caucasian church and I was hired as the music guy, as a, as a Korean guy. That was really interesting. And, um, was really successful at it, but was not really that happy because I asked myself a question is like singing these songs for the same, you know, thousand, 1200 people every single week. Is that a life of impact? And I just said, no. And I remember flying out to Colorado Springs, Colorado to meet a guy who was kind of like in the same line of work I was. And he was like at the top of the mountain, literally. Like when I looked out his office, I could see the Rocky Mountains. And I picked his brain. I got a lot of wisdom but here's what happened. I left that meeting and I went back to my hotel and I asked myself if everything goes right in like 15 years, because at the time this guy was like 45. I was like, if everything goes right in my life, like in, you know, 15, 20 years down the road, like this guy's life is my life. Would I be happy? And I said, no. And it started this whole chain reaction. I was married at the time. And so, you know, I, I, I uh, went back home and I talked to my um, ex-wife and I was like, Hey, uh, she was like, Hey, how was the meeting? I was like, yeah, I don't think I want to do this anymore. And she's like, what? Yeah, yeah, I don't think I want to do this anymore. And that set in motion a series of events where I just started asking myself some really, really meaningful questions, right, about life. I use these questions to this day. Um, I call it the PB3, the personal brand three. And so these are the questions I actually ask people when they want clarity on what kind of brand they should start. The questions go like this. Number one, what pisses you off? And I use that language on purpose. Like what really pisses you off? And number two, what breaks your heart? And number three, what's the big problem you're trying to solve? So the first question, what pisses you off is actually the injustice that you see in the world. What breaks your heart? That's the compassion you have for people in the world. And number three, what's the big problem you're trying to solve? That's your business. So here's the funny thing. I, I went into marketing after that. I'd always kind of had a, had a hand in marketing, especially because I came from a music and a creative background. And got into marketing, uh, eventually worked my way up to this company as the CMO of the company. And I was good at marketing. But when I asked myself those questions and answered them honestly, Brandon, I was like, you know what pisses me off? What pisses me off is that there are institutions and organizations and hierarchies out there that keep really good people suppressed. And their dreams are squashed. And they are told when they can go to work and when they can go on vacation and how much money they're allowed to make and what they're allowed to do, what they're not allowed to do. And I don't know if you're like an Enneagram fan, like that whole personality test thing, but I'm an eight, which is a challenger, which basically means like, don't control my life, right? Like, like let me call my own shots. And what broke my heart was seeing people who were probably like varsity athletes in high school and had 4.0 GPAs in college and really, really wise and talented people looking like zombies at the bus stop in the rain in New Jersey, New York, right, where I was living at the time, going to a job they hated. And that was really sad to me. Like, and because I was that person. I was sad. I was depressed. I did not feel fulfilled. I felt like uh, I'm an aquarium guy, you know, and this is one of these weird things about the aquarium. Um, you go to an aquarium and you see a shark, 
the 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 people you know the aquarium people the scientists biologists marine biologists they actually don't do anything to make sure that the shark stays small his biology her biology it keeps the shark small because of the surroundings that it's in so it's like a shark in a fish tank that if it was out in the ocean here um, it'd be 12 feet long but in a fish tank it never grows past four feet and that's how i saw so many people living their lives including mine you know including me and so the big problem I then set out to solve was, you know, I want to help people live a life that they love and believe in. Now, you notice I didn't say, you know what pisses me off? Really bad marketing. <laughs> you know, it breaks my heart, really terrible copywriting and really poorly designed website pages. There are people like that. And I realized I was not, even though I was good at marketing, that was not my ultimate why. So what I did was I started a business to solve that big problem where I saw people who were going to work and going to jobs they hated and that were being oppressed and suppressed and kind of just neutered in terms of their dreams and their passions. And I said, well, I know a thing or two about marketing. I'm going to help the people who are willing to bust out of that and live life on their terms through starting a personal brand. And that's why I do what I do. And that has always kept me centered. It's those questions, what pisses you off? What breaks your heart? What's the big problem you're trying to solve? I'm going to have to sit down with those myself and <laughs> myself through the, the, the full audit here. That's awesome though. Thank you for sharing that with us. I'm sure that the audience will get to, to think about a little bit of that, some deep thinking after the call. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, it, if something's resonating with you right now, I mean, pay attention to that. You know, um, there are people who are just super creative and they say, you know, it really takes me off bad design, but I realized I was not that right. But I don't want to be a life coach. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so uh, for me, personal branding and business coaching in this space where the folks who do do the work are able to live a life on their own terms, able to live that laptop life, able to be locationally dependent, or if they have families and are settled at home, they can at least stay home with their kids and have family time and have some margin in their life. Like life should be lived that way. I really believe that. So you had mentioned kind of along the way, there was a few points in your life where you kind of, uh, you hit the same wall of this fulfillment kind of conversation, this, am I living a fulfilled life? Am I happy doing what I'm doing? And it seemed to happen to you multiple times along the way. I'm curious where that comes from and kind of how you like work through, you know, figuring out what, what fulfills you. I believe true fulfillment starts with the courage to be yourself, no matter the context. And when I kind of replay my life's journey over the last you know, 10 years or so, I went through a lot of career changes. If someone asked me, what was that journey all about? I would say the journey was all about me learning to become more honest with myself. Because you grow up, I have nothing against standardized education, but you go up, grow up, they tell you what to study, they tell you what to do. You're told your entire life what to study, what to do, what's important in the world and what isn't. You go to college, if you choose to go to college or you go to the military and all these people are making these decisions for you. And all you really have to do to advance in life, Brandon, is just not fail the class. You don't have to become an A student to make it from 10th grade to 11th grade. All you have to do is just like not get all Fs. And then what happens is someone turns 21 or 22 years old or they turn 25 or 26 because they've gone to grad school, or they turn 29 because they've gone to med school and they've been in school for like 10 years. And now there's no one in the world telling them any kind of uh, information or there's no standards, there's no grade levels. There, and you're just out in the open world. Like there is no 13th grade. Uh, you graduate 12th grade, hopefully, and you're done. You go to college, you go to the military, you go get a job. There is no 13th grade. And when you're in 33, 34, 35, 40, 45 years old, there's no 13th grade. And there's no one to tell you what you should do with your life. And it's really a wake-up call to a lot of people. So there are some folks who, of course, they just kind of settle into their routine and they go through their lives day by day, and they don't really make a difference. And there are others who are like, I want something more out of life, but I just don't know how to do it. And they've been so beaten down by and really conditioned, in a sense, to only do what they're told that they never take the courageous step of stepping outside of themselves. And for those who are courageous enough to do it, who are courageous enough to say like, no, I'm not happy where I am. And so I'm going to take the courageous step. This is one of the real practical things I did. 
I'm going to stop listening to sports radio in my car when I drive to work, which I now call gossip for men. <laughs> That's what sports radio is. And I'm going to start listening to some podcasts. I'm going to start listening to some motivational people and, and really just people who have figured life out a little bit more and um, take some practical steps that way. And, and I think when you do that, like you really, really start to take ownership of your life and you start to get really honest about like, hey, am I really happy here? Like, am I being honest and true to myself? Am I happy about this? And that's really what the journey is all about. It's learning to become more honest with yourself. Because, man, if I was really honest, like in college, I was like, this whole thing is pointless. I don't think I, for me, it was pointless. I don't think I should be here. But I went, I finished all four years because, because, right? (laughs) That's what you're supposed to do. It's really, I've just really asked myself along the way, am I, Am I increasingly becoming more more and more honest with myself? And that's what it's about. Quite the personal journey for sure. And a lot of that, I mean, we can talk forever because there's a lot of, I think, commonalities on our our paths a little bit. And some of that, I didn't have the music background that you had, but I can definitely sing some karaoke. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, we'll do edit. (laughs) Exactly. But, you know, to get back towards, you know, I appreciate you you, uh, going down that road with me. To get to some of the branding stuff, I do want it to share some of your core lessons here. Uh, with the people that are thinking about heading down that road. Uh, do you have some of those, those tactics you can share? I know you love the alliteration, <laughs> but do you have, a few, you have some core lessons you can, you can give to our audience? Most people, when, they, when they're starting out, they're not really sure what they want to do, right? And um, that's where those, you know, what pisses you off, what breaks your heart, what's the big problem you're trying to solve questions kind of come into play. But you can see, Brandon, like, oh, I, I use a lot of questions to draw stuff out because there are a lot of ways to make money in this world. And if you're going to start a business and you're going to start a personal brand business, you know, to, to, to be more specific, you might as well do it based on something you're passionate about because you need, you need emotion behind it. Otherwise just go flip things on eBay, go flip things on Craigslist. And there's nothing wrong with that. But if the objective is money, just go do that. The objective is impact and fulfillment and you sharing what you know, then you've got to have some, some emotion behind it. So um, two questions just to start. You know, a lot of folks are like, well, I want to start this personal brand business. Where do I start? What do I need to do? And I ask them, well, which one of my friends do you want to talk to? And that takes the whole like ideal client conversation, you know, and reframes it. Because man, we, you and I have probably been through a million of those kind of, you know, (laughs) um, questions. Who's your ideal client? What is, who is your, I hate those exercises because they're not real. They're all theory, right? I'm not, I don't like the word avatar. That's, I don't, I feel like it's used incorrectly. No, I don't like it at all. <laughs> but so yeah. I ask, I ask people, "Hey, which one of my friends would you like to talk to about your business?" Right? And they're like, "What?" Uh, and they usually start off high, anyone who's not satisfied with their life. I was like, "Man, you just checked me out. Like that's too much for me to sift through." So I, I give them like I, I just run. Do you want to talk to my friend Sarah, who's single and twenty four years old and just graduated from pharmacy school? My sister, you know, she's thirty seven, has got two kids, and works from home um, as a consultant for you know Deloitte. You want to talk to her? Do you want to talk to my friend Jen, who's 55 and she's a doctor, right? Got a kid in college. Do you want to talk to my friend Lynn, who's 69 and he's retired from John Deere and he loves reading? Like, you got to like narrow this down for me, right? Because we just feel like everyone's just going to understand us and it's their job to like refer people to us. But when I phrase it that way, which one of my friends do you want to talk to? Then they look at those people and they're like, oh, okay, no, actually, I want to talk to you know, your sister, because she's like in her late thirties, but she's got a family. And I know how overwhelming that can be because I went through that. I'm like, Oh, okay, there you go. And now I can help direct a a few more people your way to your website, to your podcast, to your services, whatever. And then I asked them the second question, what do you want me to pay you for? And man, the, the responses are like, well, I want you to pay me for, for clarity in your life and to get out of there. I'm like, well, last time I checked, I can't open up a bottle of clarity. You know, I can't buy a bottle of clarity from you. So, and they start laughing and I'm like, no, like literally when I give you my credit card right now, what do I get? Do I get a book? Do I get access to a digital course? Do I get your phone number so that I can call you for an hour of your time? What do I literally get when I give you my credit card? So those are two places to start. 
if you're you're thinking about starting out and building a personal brand, and and here's the thing: when I started, I didn't I didn't know the answer to those questions. I think clarity comes through marriage of movement and of meditation. It's this give and take. There's a rhythm to it. So when I started out my marketing blog, it was all about marketing. I mean, very vague. And then I started to get questions about copywriting because I was a decent writer. And so I started to publish some content on copywriting. And then some people started to hire me for copywriting. I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. And then the people who hired me for copywriting were people who wanted to become coaches and speakers and consultants because I was able to write in people's voices really well. And so I just started coaching those people. And this took, you know, when I said 2013 was the year of blog of the blog and 2014 was the year of the podcast, like it took those two years for me to figure that out. But the one thing I didn't stop doing was keep the wheels turning and keep publishing content. Right. And then I finally like zoned in. Um, I haven't shared this story very often, but my first podcast in 2014 for about 30 episodes was a podcast that I called up and to the right. And any small business owner understands what that means, right? The profits are moving up and to the right. That means you're making more money. And um, I wanted to target small business owners because that was my marketing background. Man, nobody really listened to the show because I realized small business owners don't really have a lot of time to listen to podcasts. The people who were tuning into that show were folks who found me through my year of blogging and were asking me questions like, hey, Mike, so I heard you talk about copywriting for a website for a small business, but how do I apply this to my coaching page? And the light went off, blinding flash of the obvious, like, duh, maybe I should double down on working with people who want to start a personal brand. And I started the podcast. It's called Brand You. I got that phrase from somewhere out there. On the, in the, you, know, you can't trademark the phrase, but I think it was Tom Peters who wrote an article. And I just kind of did it because I couldn't think of a better name. Now I'm stuck with it I'm four or five years in and holy cow. I mean, people just flock to me like, you know, like flies, you know, uh, it was, it was crazy. So, but all of that clarity came from that marriage of movement, meditation, thinking through it. Who do I want to serve? Um, what can I bring that's unique to the table and do a really good job with? That was it. Now, we are heading towards the, the back end of the, the conversation here. Uh, I do want to ask you another question and then a couple of quick uh, hitter questions. If you'll humor me here, the, the show is called Brands on Brands on Brands, but the answers are yours. Uh, do you believe that branding or selling is more important long-term and why? At the end of the day, it's selling, right? At the end of the, because if you're in a business, you've got to sell, right? But if you do it the right way, and you build relationship with people. Again, what I said before, marketing is about opening a relationship, not closing a sale. The sales will come. There have been things that I've done in launches for coaching programs or courses that I had that I just built so much relationship with people. I did like five live webinars over the course of two weeks that I didn't even need to write a sales page. I mean, I hate writing sales page. I can write a killer sales page, but I hate writing them. It's a lot of work. But I built so much relationship. They were like, take my money. And so the sell was, the sell was easy because I, I, last time I checked, I like to eat and I like to live indoors. So sales are important, right? But um, if you build relationship with people, the selling comes very, very naturally. Awesome. Thank you. And do you know anyone out there that's doing personal branding the right way? That's doing a really good job of it that you'd point out as an example? Yeah. You know, there's, there's all sorts of levels of, of people who are doing personal brands, um, I think there are folks who are, you know, just they're, they're monetizing in a different way, which is what I mean. So you have Gary Vaynerchuk, who's obviously, you know, this insanely popular guy. He's got what, 5 million followers on Instagram. It's just outrageous. And he owns an advertising agency and he owns a wine company, right? So he's, he's truly a business. I mean, he's an entrepreneur, but he's like this killer on social media, but he doesn't monetize his social media in that way. And so I follow him because it's really unorthodox how he does it. I just, I just love that he's just, you know, he documents his life. He doesn't necessarily create polished content. He just is who he is, right? He, he educates, he inspires, and he entertains. Um, so I, I love that in that space um, where he is because of the way that he uses social media and he kind of crosses all those boundaries. People like who are in more my space, the online space, um, who are, who I, you know, I like what they're doing. You know, they're selling courses, they're, they're monetizing things um, in a way that 
feels very relational, but they're very, very successful. I really like what Amy Porterfield does. I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) I I know Amy and um, she, you know, she is who she is, right? She is who she is. And I remember when she started out, it was just very, very humble beginnings and very similar background, you know, to us was in corporate marketing, worked at Tony Robbins as, as one of his marketing people. So to see her insane growth over the last five, six years, and she, she does it what she does it right. Her, she's got a team around her. They built a business. And so I recommend you guys follow her, uh, her work, her, her content is great. She's an influencer. She's an influencer and she teaches people, you know, certain content to help them monetize these courses. And it's, it's amazing. So I really like how she does it. Well, I like too, that she's figured out how to, how to do messaging in a way that is very one-to-one, even though it might be one-to-many. She writes like she's writing to her cousin, you know, like it sounds like it's her just talking to you, having a conversation as opposed to spamming or a newsletter or something that you would just want to delete anyway. So yeah, she's definitely one of the the more genuine communicators out there, which is just awesome. Quickly, what are you obsessed with right now brand-wise? Anything around your house, things that you like in your personal life, not your business life, uh, brands that you're obsessed with? I'm all over like all of this workout gear. <laughs> so like, it's not one particular brand, but it's like all this workout gear because I was like, I'm, I need to get, you know, I, I want to get in better shape. I've, I've been working out pretty regularly for the last couple of years. So I feel like I'm in a good place, but one brand that I'm really like watching a lot these days because of that is this guy named Jeff Cavalier on YouTube. And he's got a brand, a channel called Athlean X. It's just for guys. Like his primary audience is guys. And this dude, like, I mean, he's, I mean, he's ripped and he's like this athletic trainer, works for the Mets, like works with a lot of athletes till this day. I just like how I feel when I watch this content. I mean, like, dude, I will stay up like all night and watch like videos on how to do pull-ups better. And I'm like, (laughs) why am I watching this? Like, this is so crazy. But like, that's kind of one thing that I'm really, really obsessed with right now. It's hilarious. It's, I never would have imagined. I'm like, I'm watching this dude teach me how to use this gear that I have in my house because I just want bigger lats. Yeah. And I'm all into it right now. <laughs> Perfect. Well, I, I will flip that on its head and make it a little more complicated. What brands do you trust? Uh, Apple, Nike, like all my, all my, a lot of my sneakers are Nike sneakers. You know, clothing, I, I trust Theory. I like Theory shirts. I like Burberry shirts. I, I kind of buy nice things once and then use them for a long time. That's kind of, I don't own a lot of stuff. I'm very minimalistic, to be honest. I was telling um, you at the start of the show before we started the interview, I'm getting ready to move. And I had a mover do an estimate come through my apartment. And she was like, wait, all you own is a TV, a TV stand, two bar stools, and your clothes. I'm like, yep, I rented all the other furniture. Like, I, I'm ready to go. And so for me, I, I'm just one of these people that's like, I, I buy high quality stuff. I don't buy a ton of it, but I use it for a long time. That's what I do. Yeah, those are brands I trust. Uh, one question, and then I want you to let us know where we can find you. But I'd like to hear, you mentioned that you, know, that you had different years, the year of this, the year of that. Uh, your next big audacious goal, what's the next year of going to be? Uh, it's going to be writing a book on personal branding. So I'm working on that manuscript right now and um, should be due out uh, Christmas time of 2019, right, the holiday season. And this is a book that um, I had been meaning to write for years. And several years ago, I went through some pretty big personal changes. It just sucked all the creativity out of my life, right? I just couldn't, I didn't have the energy to do it. I didn't know how to, you know, kind of like get my bearings. And that was a really tough season in my life. And so um, now that I'm on so much on the other side of things, I am really, really like adamant about like, I'm going to get this book published. Um, so the year of 2019 is really the year of the book and speaking engagements. And I'm speaking more than I ever have before. Invitations are coming to me. I don't really knock on doors. And I just kind of take that as a sign that I've done the right work to get on people's radars, to get noticed, to get on their, you know, stages or platforms or whatever, and share what I've learned. And that when it's time to share a book with the world, There'll be a really good place to, you know, I'll, I'll have a lot of friends who will help me get word out about it because I've already added a lot of value to their audience. And so 
um, that's really the next big, hairy, audacious goal. Write this book and get it done. Just get the dang book done, like my publisher says. <laughs> I'm sure you will, man. Uh, where can people find you uh, and information? Also, where are you active on social? Yeah, I'm active on social on Instagram. I mean, that is like literally the best way to get in touch with them. I mean, it's better than email. I think partially because you can't write long messages on Instagram DMs, right? So I just tell people DM me at my Kim TV. That's my social channel of, you know, choice, uh, Instagram. But the best place to probably find me is on my podcast. You know, you're tuning in today. You're listening to us on this podcast. Just boom, open up the show notes or whatnot. If there's a link there or just go into Apple iTunes or Stitcher or wherever and look up Mike Kim, um, brand new podcasts. One helpful thing might be to start with um, episode 181, which is like the behind the scenes on a recent $25,000 product launch I did. And it required no videos or no complicated tech. Um, a lot of people have responded to that. It was just um, a few episodes ago that I, I shared that. So um, brand new podcast, episode 181, behind the scenes of a $25,000 product launch. And I literally was walking people through how to start a personal brand. So all that content is there and um, you can just kind of digest it all for free on a podcast. There you go. Oh, that's it, everyone. You have the next thing that you should be listening to right after this episode's done, after you've left me the rating and the review, you can head over to Mike Kim's brand new podcast and check that out or catch him on Instagram. Mike, thanks so much, man, for sharing your, your experience and your perspective with everyone. I appreciate you coming on today, bro. Dude, it's great to be with, with you and great to be with all of you tuning in. Have a great day. You've just taken your marketing knowledge to another level with this episode of Brands on Brands on Brands. But we have plenty more ways to not just help you build a business, but build a brand. Head over to brandandbrands.com for more resources, as well as access to our blogs, videos, and exclusive coaching sessions with your host. Be sure to visit brandandbrands.com.